extra extra read all about it facebook slash meta blueprint and constructing the metaverse hey do we have a rival to call in here uh i'm not as familiar with all of these different apps as i probably could or should be however i just uh got invited to the wisdom app is it a rival to call in the wisdom app uh-oh I'm considering to use it for the first World Reading Club book focus. You know that? <laughs> Putting first, first world reading club. No, that's okay. You know what? Take it as you will. The, it's the first world reading club book focus. What do you think? So the first recording I did on the Wisdom app, join.wisdom.audio. Um, you can find my account at join.wisdom.audio forward slash THC3, which I think is Austin, THC3, that's in my <clears throat> my profile, that's awesome, and uh, anyway, the link is in, uh, actually, no, that's the episode, um, which is the same name as, as this one here, which is Facebook, Meta Blueprint, and Constructing the Metaverse, and what did I go through on that? Well, I basically talked about the Facebook Meta uh, digital marketing associate and other certification uh, certifications that Meta Technologies is offering and how they are not what a lot of people think those courses are and they have a wrong idea uh, or somebody has taken over Facebook and done something either really, really good for the world or this is, another, this is a, a deceptive thing that's happening to it's good PR is what it is. Anyway, I'm impressed, and I'm not a, a joiner of those kind of things all the time. I do for research and investigation, and usually very quickly I uh, catch wind of, of what is going on, and I pop out of there. And uh, so uh, this is Communications. I'm Hakeem Ali Bokas Alexander. Welcome. The link to uh, my top mentor account on uh, wisdom is planted in here as well as the specific show that uh, I did today uh, for Equilibrium, and I am now deciding whether or not I'm going to use which app am I going to use for the the first world reading club book focus which we're focusing on Joy in Plain Sight by Katya Davidova. And that's launching on August 23rd, 2022, which is just three days from now. Three days and three hours, technically 9 p.m. Uh, there's nothing you really have to do. You can tune in on Colin and or on uh, Wisdom. And I'm also going to put something up on uh, Spreaker again because Wisdom allows me to download the podcast and transfer them to Spreaker, which I haven't really explored too much of doing with the call-in app, but I'm going to try again. I just didn't find the utility as easy as I would like to or find the recordings when I try to download them. I don't know if it's a new beta feature or if it's not working well. I haven't checked on it for a little bit. I kind of just gave up on that and just been spreading the call-in <clears throat> podcast that I'm doing uh, through my blogs and on social media. But we're going to see. So that's one thing. I'm, I'm, I'm recording this right now also as a check here on my communications podcast on Colin. 
to see if what the audion's like. I'm in the yoga studio or what's known as the mind body studio at One Life Fitness Red Mill in Virginia Beach, Virginia. It's on General Booth Boulevard near the corner of General Booth and uh, Damneck Road, uh, just south of Damneck on the east side of General Booth Boulevard. The address is 1650 General Booth Boulevard. Uh, if anybody wants to come out, there's really great fitness trainers here. And earlier I recorded a three hour long talk had a few callers calling. One of them was Chris Cavallo of Cavallo Creations, proving my social proof formula because I posted the link on Facebook and he called me right after that and couldn't get through to me because I was uh, on Wisdom. And he saw the, the, uh, the link on Facebook and called in. And I was just talking about him on that app and I had a couple other people calling and friend me on Facebook and Instagram after the talk and the I find it to be a wonderful tool, but we're going to see because I'm recording in the same room that I recorded that in earlier. I was on there from about, I don't know, I think uh, about one, sometime around one until four, a little bit after four. It was three hours something, so it must have been somewhere around that. I know I taught a class this morning at 9.15 to 10.15, and very shortly after that, I was uh, digging into the Wisdom app. So that's it. This is This is short. Uh, I don't know if, I think this might be the first talk that I've done on the Communications with 2Ks podcast here on Colin. And uh, so I'm going to see how this sounds and, and what it sounds like. And then I'm going to uh, compare. I'm going to do some more stuff on Wisdom. And I'm going to do promotions leading up to the World Reading Club's first book focus on Joy in Plain Sight by Katya Davidova. And uh, we will... Um, I'll keep you posted. It's going to be great. It's promoting literacy in the world, reading, and the, the love of learning. So the joy of learning through the love of reading. So let's get this on. Spread the word, please, everybody. There are instructions how to do it. You find me at Uniquilibrium on Instagram, and you like the post about Joy in Plain Sight by Katya Davidova, and then uh, follow my show the World Reading Club here on Colin, and I may even do something else on the Wisdom app. Hello, Greg. Thanks for popping in. And uh, so, yes, the um, the Facebook Meta Blueprint and constructing the Metaverse. I'll give a few notes on that, and I'm going to pop out of here about. So, I'll give the the cliff notes about what I talked about on the Wisdom app, and basically. Uh, here it is in a nutshell. I found out that because some something popped out to me, I guess it was after, well, it was, I don't guess it was after. It was after I registered my company in the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia. I registered Uniquilibrium LLC here. Shortly after that, I started getting, of course, different messages of promos and things. One of them was a scholarship, uh, totally 100% free through Meta, Facebook Meta Technologies, for some beginning to advanced courses, all the way from a digital marketing associate, all the way up to a, a spark augmented reality creator, and everything in between, from a marketing science professional or specialist, to media buying professional, media buying experts, media planning, community managers, and all that. 
So those were some different things that the Meta Blueprint uh, put out there. Um, interestingly, right now, it's restricted to um, the black community. I don't know what they're doing that for and why. It's not just open to everyone, but everything in there says this is for the black community only. Uh, it's 100,000 scholarships, and they are, are rolling that out until 2023. They started, I believe, in June of 2020, and they've given themselves three years to recruit 100,000 black learners um, again i don't know why they open up to black folks only i don't know what they're up to and what they're doing but i've got access to all of it and the interesting thing about it is that the meta blueprint certifications are universally applicable meaning you can take what you learn from there and use it for marketing and promoting and advertising any worthy cause that you deem fit for such things it teaches you how all of this internet marketing and specifically social media marketing works it really is an actual blueprint i do not get paid by facebook or meta technologies right now directly or indirectly that i know of because i've never signed up for any such thing it is possible that once i complete all these courses uh, that they will start offering me jobs either directly through them or uh, they will put me into a pool of a whole bunch of other people who companies want these types of services. Hey, Derek, welcome back. I saw you pop in and out. Um, <clears throat> so the thing about uh, about this these these certifications is that they kind of give people, from what I can see so far, uh, a hand up, uh, an advantage on doing the exact same things that Facebook has been doing and researching for years to get people's attention and sell whatever the heck they want to sell them by putting things in front of people. I mean, they've done a lot of research. The research is really sound. It's some very deep marketing science. A lot of people may not think that marketing has a science, but they do things like split test, for example, and randomized control trials, just like in other types of scientific research. And they give, and piece by piece, they show you how to build it up while you're taking this course. And again, I'm not uh, a joiner, a person who just likes to join and jump on the bad wagon of things. But lately, I've been seeing some really amazing stuff. One of them, for example, is this call-in app, which helps to bring a lot of people together to listen and share ideas. The other one now is I'm looking at this Wisdom app, which just kind of blows my mind. Uh, call-in was the first of its kind I've seen. Um, so far, I'm not saying anything bad about Wisdom, but so far, my experience wasn't the best yet. It could just be the room that I was in. Um, and the, my uh, 5G connection, or it could have been because I had my, um, my Wi-Fi on and the signal here wasn't very good and that was causing some feedback and, and different issues as I was recording. It starts off pretty sketchy. I didn't get to listen to all of it because it's three hours long of me talking, which I don't usually do. Um, I have a couple times when I've catching up with old friends uh, when I first got back to the United States and did a bunch of podcasts when I was also drinking my sorrows away. I was drinking entire bottles of vodka um, just to get to sleep uh, for some grief that I'm still ongoing dealing with, but it's getting better. I don't, I don't drink alcohol anymore. It's all by myself. I did it like a big boy. Um, although I'm not saying you're not a big boy or lady or girl or woman, if you go to AA or something like that, get help where you can get help, right? If that's what you feel like you need. Um, anyway, back to this, um, so I'm going to wrap this up, but the Facebook meta blueprint and constructing the metaverse, there's a lot of opportunity there, and here's where it really is. 
you can look at it as anything else that you do. If you play video games or you watch movies or you go anywhere, even to the gym, where they have certain environments set up to give you a certain experience. And like, for example, I'm sitting in a yoga room and this room, besides the air and the fans that are blowing and the reverberation bouncing off the walls, it's completely quiet and isolated from the rest of the gym. And there's a reason for that because yoga uh, tends to need a little bit more quiet for meditation. And so in this room, it sets up a certain environment for you, an atmosphere, which is the same thing when you go to a movie theater or when you play a video game and you sit in one of those cool chairs with headphones on, you have big screens, it's setting up a new environment. This is very similar and analogous to what is coming with the metaverse. As a matter of fact, people have already been, uh, what, what am I saying, contributing, excuse me, contributing to the metaverse for years without knowing it, I have been doing it and I haven't even been knowing it necessarily. Some of the things I, I have known has been going on because it's all in, in the so-called internet of things. And what I mean by that is I create binaural beats. One of the more popular uh, organizations that creates binaural beats is called the, Mon the Monroe Institute, founded by Robert Monroe, who they use his technology called Hemisync, which is short for hemispheric synchronization. I took that name and found a different way to use it in different languages and said the exact same thing. I'm not being original here, but my brand, I do it just for branding, is called demiphase or demi-cerebral neurophasing. But here's what I mean by how that's, those things are part of creating the metaverse. They're creating augmented reality experiences. If you know anything or don't know anything about hemisync or binaural beats and things like that, I'm going to tell you. Again, if you know it, if you don't, here it is. The augmented reality comes to you when you listen to the binaural beats. There's a frequency, let's say 100 in your left ear and a frequency of 104 in your right ear. Right ear. And when I say frequency, I'm talking about hertz or cycles per second. In this case, 100 cycles per second in the left ear and 104 cycles per second in the right ear. And what your brain does is hallucinate the difference which is the four cycles per second, which happens to be in the range of your delta or deep sleep brainwave cycles. So what happens is it entrains and causes your brain to do something called frequency following to scale down most of its uh, brainwave frequencies down to the, the delta range. Now, it doesn't mean that all of them are going to be there because your brainwave is usually predominantly when you're awake, hopefully, in the beta brainwave cycle. But that's just predominantly. There are other brainwave cycles going on. With the Hemisync technology and my, uh, my own brand called Demiphase and other binaural beats, you can find thousands of them, tens of thousands of them on YouTube. Mine don't even scratch the surface on that because I'm a newbie and I don't know uh, how those people, uh, what the heck they're doing to pay for their marketing. But I think I'm going to start doing some of that. Uh, but that's an augmented reality. Anytime you can go into a state of meditation or anytime you are doing something like listening to meditations or chanting, even if you drink coffee, you take a lot of sugar, you, you smoke marijuana, you do anything like that, even exercising at the gym, it augments your reality. Hey, Vlad, good to see you. It augments your reality. And so this is what's happening in the metaverse, except they're going to be creating complete environments for you to, first of all, I've already joined uh, Meta Workspace, where they're creating workspace environments. So I've used this example just recently before because this is what it reminds me of, but it's like going into a Sims game or any uh, type of um, 
place where you can go in and check out an environment. Uh, Vlad, what's going on? What's going on? Vlad, I'm talking about the metaverse and I'm talking about uh, stuff that's happening um, with what I'm doing to get different uh, awareness about certain things out. You know, I'm helping some people and also attempting to make sure I keep all of my own um, in, uh, online properties uh, uh, stable as, as, and sustainable as long as they can be. But, you know, what are you going to do when the Internet's gone, as Slipknot says in one of their new EPs? And I think that one of the things that we should do when the Internet is gone is prepare for it uh, beforehand, like people gathering together on social podcasting sites such as this call in and I'm going to explore a little bit more about wisdom. I'm still using Spreaker, which is not like this. This is actually pretty awesome, the utility and ease of use, but to gather to help people find each other online and to start little splinter groups and little factions where we're practicing things like, for example, healthy living and self-defense skills that will be very, very useful. Uh, when and if the internet does go away. What are some ways that the internet can go away? Raise your hand, ding, ding, ding. Yes, the sun can crop up a solar flare and wipe out with an electromagnetic pulse or EMP most of the electricity on the earth. Now, it's not going to be as catastrophic as a lot of people say it is, but it can be, especially if we're dealing with more heat and things that overload circuits and actually physically burn them out besides wiping out different types of storage systems and stuff like that. <clears throat> But that's just one way a lot of people talk about who knows if they're just trying to, when I say they, the experts and the media channels are trying to scare us. Um, however, uh, again, if you, anybody has ever seen the movie Avengers, the first Avengers movies, raise your hand. Yes. And the scene I'm talking about here is in the beginning when the actress who, uh, her name is Colby Smulders, I forget what her agent name is, she was like the right-hand gal of Nick Fury, she, he tells her, gather all of the, the uh, Hydra tech or whatever it is, and she says, is that really a priority at this point? And he says, um, until such time as the world ends, we're going to continue as if it intends to spin on. And when you look at certain things, you realize that there are experts and people who have access to equipment and measurement devices and things like that who are much more intelligent or at least have access to things that gives them an edge up, a power up, so to speak, you know, just like any virtual world or video game, you got to have power ups, right? Get that energy. They have access to stuff that gives them um, more insight to what's actually going on. And that just happens when you have certain amounts of resources or you know people. It's called nepotism. It's been in play in my own life. A lot of the jobs and money and things I've had have happened simply because people like me or there were introductions to people through someone who was liked. Um, but this is all about the access and we as a people need to use the access that we have to gather as communities on and offline, but really to build up skills and abilities that are going to be very, very useful offline. And I tell you, people may not want to listen to this because it's difficult, but physical fitness, martial arts, self-defense, learning about nutrition, learning about uh, crazy survivalist things like not to eat, you know, uh, red berries for the most part and eat only darker blue ones and things like that because they tend not to be poisonous. Um, and certain things like that. And I'm not, again, I'm not a prepper. And I, if, if the sun cropped up a solar flare right now and knocked out stuff, I'd be one of the first to die because, you know, I might be muscular and strong and know how to do some martial arts, but I will die, drink some water and die because I haven't yet learned or bought any types of gear that can filter out water 
uh, if it's toxic or poisoned or anything like that. So I can handle weapons and do stuff like that, but that's, you know, that's not the thing that there's, there's lots of fighters. There's lots of soldiers out there. We need more people who can garden and, and plant seeds and things like that, or just have the knowledge of different, something simple like how to sew. With the how to sew, you can, you can patch up wounds, you can, you can stitch people up, you know, you know a little basic first aid like CPR. Um, these things go a long way um, for, and then just also people who aren't physically adept at things, we also have all kinds of skills, like the ability to be able to teach people meditation and how to be calm. You know, uh, this is important because, I, and I just know for a fact, and a lot of people who will listen do know this as well, that just being mentally, psychologically prepared for things helps you to get through them. Um, then if you hadn't rehearsed and prepared and learned different types of techniques of how to go through things. It's the difference between someone who panics during a natural disaster or a terrorist attack, for example, and the person who's calm. It doesn't really necessarily ensure everyone's survival, but it definitely gives you an edge on things. It has with me when things have gone down that that seemed to be terrible. I've been in floods and had to deal with certain things, accidents and all kinds of stuff. And simply the fact of having training and the wherewithal to be able to keep myself calm has definitely helped out in all of the situations that I've been in. Um, but again, the constructing of the metaverse is something that's already been being done. Um, anytime I've talked a lot about lucid dreaming and uh, different hallucination scapes and things uh, that you can experience when you use binaural beats and isochronic tones, hemisync, my demiphase, and all kinds of meditation. There are hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic drugs, and of course we already currently have virtual reality and augmented reality and all types of different combination of those things that are being rolled out right now as it is. And you know, yes, there's a whole bunch of people who are very rightfully concerned about privacy issues and what the metaverse is sucking people into. Um, however, the more that you learn about it and the more that you learn how to have your own influence on it, I think we could be, we can get a little bit more uh, out of these type of technologies. One of the things I mentioned on the Wisdom app earlier was that you could really, and yes, I said this, you can actually go into the metaverse and rescue people. Remember the Matrix? I'm talking about exactly that formula from the first movie. You go into the metaverse because you know people are going to be plugged the fuck in, <laughs> right? They'll be so plugged in enjoying this shit because, yo, listen, if any of you have, has ever been a lucid dreamer, you will know how crazy the things are that you can do in that. And, and the metaverse is nowhere near that just yet, but you're going to have haptic suits and haptic feedback suits and all kinds of stuff you can plug into your ears and put on your eyes and all over your skin. And it is going to become ready player one for real. Um, but so the thing is, is uh, you've got to understand that you are going to be going in there and really rescuing people. Look at the fact that, um, for example, I noticed something. I don't know if you guys know this, Derek and Vlad, but here's something I didn't know. When I have a, a podcast, when I make one of these social podcasts here on Colin, and uh, if I play, if I put a, um, a, what you call it, a link into a pod, into a blog, and I share that on Facebook, and a bunch of people listen to it, and I say to those people, which I've done it, I've asked, I've done research, if you could call it that. Um, 
what did, did you listen? Did you listen? Yes, yes, yes. What did you like most? So I asked detailed questions without giving anything away to see if people really have, and, and they have. And what I've noticed is that if it's not one of you guys in Colin itself listening to it, it does nothing for the numbers. So I could have tens of thousands of people, which I'm pretty sure it's not, but just saying, listening to the podcast from a link that I put into a blog. And if they're not logged in Colin, what it seems like so far as that those plays about that and I could be completely wrong and I'm also distracted by the fact that there's a reflection on the floor that looks like a Hebrew character and I'm gonna try to take a picture of that um, so I can be sure of that but um, so again my main point is the fact that we're gonna bring people together um, offline that's what this is all about I'm gonna take this picture really quickly oh man did I mess it up oh there it goes wait wait wait, wait. Looks like an S kind of too. All right, took the picture. Sorry for being so distracted, guys, but that's how I am. I'm a spaz. All right, let me deal with it. Um, so bringing people together offline is the thing that we really should be using all of these things for. I gave another example earlier about how uh, outside the gym here at uh, One Life Fitness, there was a company called EM Sculpt. That's electromagnetic sculpting. Um, yes, there's all kinds of cool technologies coming out there where they basically use a uh, a, a superpowered form of electroconvulsive, not sorry, it's not ECT. What am I talking about? I wrote an article about that. I should know better. Not electroconvulsive therapy. That's a barbaric practice they still use in psychiatry, believe it or not. Um, and also, not too long ago, they were doing uh, prefrontal lobotomies with things that are basically like little ice picks. So, uh, enough of that gruesomeness. But um, so the thing is, is about getting people. To, uh, to meet offline by entering into these metaverse different zones and pulling people out just like in the matrix. Um, again, just like here on Colin, people can come together and they can listen, they can talk, they can call in, they can be guests, they can be moderators and all that stuff. Um, it's, you're not really experiencing much anything different right now than you would be in the metaverse. A lot of people are tw get it twisted about what it is. You're actually just listening to and seeing things happening with a few other things to augment your reality, which is, you know, you'll have different sensors. You could have special shoes and gloves or even a whole suit that you put on that. And maybe you're sitting in a chair or standing in something uh, that makes it feel like you have to turn left or turn right or you're falling over and losing your balance. Mind you, you think that that's not something that can happen uh, if, like, especially if you're not sitting in a chair or a special uh, suit on that makes you feel like you're tilting left to right like they do in those 4D movies, right? However, um, in 2004, I did some really basic research on electromagnetic uh, technologies, and one of them was, call, was from a company called Nippon Telephone, Telephone and uh, Technologies from Japan. And they have a device that uh, basically um, manipulates the electromagnetic stimulation on the eighth cranial nerve pair or the vestibulocochlear nerve, which is uh, involved in our hearing and our balance, our equilibrium. I don't believe that I remember that, but I actually do. That's funny. Um, you can go look at the podcast or the blog that I wrote that on. It's on hypnoathletics.com. I think I'll put a link to it here if anybody's interested. I'll put that there. Um, but it can actually, because of what it does, it messes with your equilibrium. It can make you think that you're tilted towards your left, and so you compensate by pu pushing towards your right. And so that's how it steers you with electromagnetic pulses. Um, there's so many other things, like the Corin octopus that was created by David Corin, and um, what's his name? Um, uh, 
Michael Persinger at the Laurentian University, where they re recorded electromagnetic signals from nature, from when there were things called earthquake lights and uh, uh, ball lightning and things like that, that when the frequencies passed through people's bodies and affected their vestibular cochlear nerve, or also known as the eighth cranial nerve pair involved in hearing and equilibrium, they would have hallucinations, but especially uh, have experiences of what they called hyper-religiosity, which people saw angels, demons, God, and all saviors, and all kinds of stuff like that. And so they replayed those frequencies back through this Corin helmet. Welcome to the room, Brandy. They played these frequencies back through the helmet, and people would have similar uh, hyper-religious experiences through this technology. So here I am telling you, I'm laying you out for you that there already are technologies that are augmenting your reality to a great degree, an enormous degree. And so I just gave you two right there, right? So one that I'm using, which, which and I create dozens of binaural beats under the brand name Demiphase or Demi-Cerebral Neural Phasing. And there's Hemisync and there's all kinds of binaural beats. Like I said, you can find tens of thousands of them on uh, YouTube alone. <clears throat> And then you have things like the Corin octopus uh, or um, the God helmet, as it's also known, uh, as it was created by David Corin. I think his name is David Corin, spelled K-O-R-E-N. -E and they call it the Corin octopus because it, I believe it has eight connectors that come out of the helmet and attach to various parts of your head around the eighth cranial nerve pair. And so these are just simple things that have been developed. I mean, look, if I published that blog on that research back in 2004, it is now 2022, it's 18 years ago. Um, are we gonna guess and think that that um, technology and various kinds and combinations has not been, um, if not perfected, very close to it? I mean, you've probably already heard that um, there are uh, devices that beam sound directly into your auditory nerves. So the same eighth cranial nerve pair that I'm talking about. See, there's been research done on it so much that now they're able to make voices in your head in certain technology. They've tested it out in some place. I can't remember where I saw the video, but it's things that they're testing out and it, it actually makes sense. Um, the uh, the eighth cranial nerve pair is one of the most easily manipulable um, sensory input uh, channels on the human body, that and vision. Um, I mean, there are all of them really are if you think about it, but let's just talk about the one that I'm most familiar with because I'm a musician uh, and a composer and uh, I also create all different types of digital audio hallucination and digital audio interface technologies and use other technologies to hack into them and create them myself. So um, if just in the, the plainest way to talk about this is that sound waves are, are acoustic pressure waves. They're very physical. They actually, when sound hits your ear, one of the first things it does is it passes through all these different hairs in your ear and they wave back and forth to the same frequency as the sound that's coming in and then it passes to the tympanic membrane which has all kinds of other mechanisms that are have names of like hammers and anvils and things like that right and there's three of them also three different uh, uh, chambers that are placed at 90 degree angles to each other giving you th uh, the effect of three-dimensional space using fluid in your ear so all of these things are affected so it's one of the most uh, easily accessible and also easily manipulable 
uh, channels of perception that we have as our our hearing and our equilibrium and you can make people so the thing is with sound you can make 3d soundscapes like we already know about you can hear things panned from left to right and that's one of the the, the things that are used in the technology of creating binaural beats but imagine you have something uh, that feels like it's inside or sounds like it's in the right side of your ear and then you also are have your uh, eighth cranial nerve pair, the fluid, your equilibrium manipulated to feel like you're turning towards the right or some combination of that that, that combines three-dimensional soundscapes with just simply the manipulation of your equilibrium and, and making you feel like you have to bend over or lean back or to the right or to the left or some combination or move in circles. Um, and, you know, so just based on that alone, experiences can be created. Now imagine adding to that uh, other things, physical things, like not only uh, subtle manipulation of your equilibrium, but then being sat in a chair or a device or recliner that also moves slightly with it to give that little bit of augmentation that's calibrated to get the right feel of the physical internal fluid changing around as well as the, you, the device that you're sitting in. Right? And then you have other things, right? Like you have wind that can blow and you can change the temperature of the air that's blowing in different fans. And you also uh, waft different scents. I remember I was a long time ago uh, when I first started experiencing these different 4D things. It was years ago, like in 1998 um, at AMC theaters. And I used to work there and they had this thing called Funscape at another place that I worked in. So they had these type of technologies and they were playing around with putting subtle scents into the uh, into the air, into the environment, as well as um, changing the temperature. And sometimes they squirted water on you, which I thought was disgusting. Um, like you would splash through something and you had water. I don't know where that water was. What the heck is that water, right? So again, I'm giving you really simple ones that are a combination of media that you're consuming with other things that they're doing on the outside. Like, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible and yes it can be scary and intimidating and it concerns me a few things that are going on but when you take the simple idea all right and i'm gonna this is gonna be the one of the last things that i say welcome to the room jenny um and it's that you can really there are a lot of examples that come from science fiction that you can really apply to things in real life. Maybe not the exact things yourself. I mean, I'm not telling you that you're gonna go into some lucid dream world and you're gonna be, you know, free and slaves and rescuing people out of there like that, unless there's something I don't know about where we really are connected to some fucking battery somewhere. But you can pull people out of the metaverse and rescue people who are in there. And here's a more specific example of what I mean. There will be people in the metaverse who are going in there and they're consuming and they're buying all kinds of stuff and doing all kinds of things inside there that are just wasting their time, wasting their money and leading them astray. If, if there's for the religious of you or the spiritual of you, you can see it as a battle between good and evil. And I'm not saying that you're a hero or that I am or that we're good or that we're evil or anything. It's just that you have an agenda and you have things that you can do to interface with people in there. One of the first things that you can do is having a very mainstream, uh, friendly presence and appearance. I actually did that completely by accident um, because I'm a singer of a death metal band. I'm into dark and morbid and uh, really hardcore uh, things that have to do with like 
silver and spikes and metal and stuff like that. Not not uh, S&M, by the way, just I was in the dark, heavy metal, uh, black metal type of scene and that type of thing, which did cross over with those kind of people sometimes. But just that kind of thing and, and, and uh, the action genre and um, and martial arts and just getting into really gritty stuff. Um, and so completely by accident, just because I've had this website online called exercisingyourmind.com, it's become an authority website because everything that someone searches for that, that that website says it has is there. And it's never been connected to anything spammy or porn or any screwed up stuff like that. So uh, Google naturally registers it as a safe website to go to. And so since it's been online for 16 years, uh, authors have been coming and saying, hey, can we please write a free article for your site? I know that their agenda is using my site to give them authority backlinks and to the other um, businesses that they are marketing for because there's, they want to get awareness for certain things. The site does that because it helps to cache things really high up on a list. Um, and there's all kinds of other effects that I noticed happening because I have at least three or four of my websites have been online for 15 and 16 years, some of them 10, um, some of them more recently. <clears throat> but that has to do with authority backlinks. But what does that have to do again with getting on uh, to them yourself? Again, my whole big thing is healthy living and self-defense. And I also have a lot of references from movies. And if you guys have seen them, you know what I'm talking about. The next one I'm gonna talk about here is the movie Inception. And Inception takes place in another virtual reality type of existence where it's shared dreaming. So the interesting thing that people should take away from this is that Lucid dreaming, metaverse technologies, augmented reality, meditation, hallucinations by drugs and other ways are pretty much almost exactly the same thing. It's a new skill that you have to learn. And if you can learn different types of meditation where you can bring yourself into different worlds, so to speak, by hallucination, imagination, or having very vivid experiences, then you are preparing yourself for what's the kind of things that are going on into the metaverse. But again, you should not let that uh, discourage you from looking at what it is because it's really something very simple. Again, let's take this, look at this analogy as imagine, um, uh, okay, let's just look at this. I don't know why this idea has come to my mind, but it just, it just popped in my head. So imagine you are in some kind of weird dystopian future and there are these movie theaters where people are going to watch like Nazi propaganda. And you know, it's free to go in and people can go in there and watch whatever they want. But you go into this movie theater that your friend is having this full on experience of like all this propaganda and you go and you talk to him and say, hey, come on, let's, uh, let's go watch something else. Or let's go into another room or come over to my house, right? Because you can have meta houses. You have meta properties, meta theaters, all kind of stuff like that in the metaverse that you can construct just like in the Sims game or Minecraft and you can occupy them and you can dwell in them and you can do business out of them and you can live in them. Just like I said, Ready Player One or any other games that are like that. And the difference is, is that you have control over it. You do not have to be swayed by everything that's in there. It's going to be fair game inside there. Really, it's going to be fair game. If a certain idea or thought stream takes over in the metaverse, it's because people did not democratize it just in the same way that we often complain about people not voting and things like that. And then people say, oh man, well this evil thing got in here and whatnot, right? Um, now, and of course that's not always the case, right? There, there's manipulation of voting polls and all kinds of stuff that, that we could talk about. And a lot of you guys know a lot more about than me. I know about the, the mind a little bit 
and the subconscious mind and how it can be manipulated and things like that. And all I'm doing is just saying, look, I, I started this thing called the Adventures of Helping People, and it's really just fun. It actually is fun. It's also very frustrating and very difficult and uh, emotionally draining. And just the things that I go through on a daily basis are pretty incredible. What the heck was that? Um, oh, my headphones case fell. And so, um, and so, yes, the, it's not easy, but it is an adventure. And I don't know. I, I personally tend to want to have adventures in my life and also add as much action to my speech as I do. I speak a lot. I speak sometimes very quickly, just as I am now when I get excited or, or impassioned about something. Um, but it's because I'm also uh, very much full of shit. No, <laughs> action. I'm, I'm full of an active life. I have an active life. I'm always doing like I'm in the gym right now. I taught a class this morning. I'm going to be teaching some on uh, Monday, Tuesday and Thursday or personal training sessions. I ride my bike everywhere I go. I'm always studying and reading. How do I find time to do it? Um, I, I very seldom in my life. I've only once or twice had full time jobs. Um, I don't have children, so it's easier for me to operate like that. I did want to have children, but unfortunately, my wife was killed when she was going to come back to China, where we were living. She was killed in New York in, on October 4th of 2019. And so, you know how they say, uh, God laughs while you make plans. So, uh, God, I don't like your sense of humor, and fuck you. But, um, but, but, you know, so, so I also still maintain a high level of, of physical and personal freedom. I don't have a lot of people to take care of. Uh, right now, I do have a mission. Um, a family member of mine who was taking care of my mom. I was out of the country for four and a half years, uh, technically almost six years, five and a half years, because um, I did come back for a year, but I was traveling all over the United States when I was doing that. Um, and he was taking care of my mom, who was in a wheelchair and whatnot, and just abandoned her to a convalescent home in which I'm not sure how long she has to be there while they help teach her how to walk again. But this is one of the things that I have to deal with in my life, and I'm just going to do it because what else are you supposed to do, right? I love my mom. I'm sure most people, unless they've had really crazy parents, you know, love their mom and dad or whoever it is that raised them. And so that's one of my missions, one of my adventures of helping people that I have to get into. And uh, but no matter what, see, she's far away kind of right now. She's uh, if I were to drive, it's 14 hours. I'm in Virginia Beach. She's in uh, South Florida. Um, I currently don't have a car. I've only been back in the United States for uh, almost a year. It was uh, September 4th of this year will be one year. So I'm coming up on that pretty soon here. Um, and a lot of things have happened. Uh, one of the fortunate things that have happened is I was able to get a job right away at the front desk of this gym that I'm in right now because my personal training certifications had long expired. And the plan that Floor and I had was that we were going to pay for the courses and finish them when we were in China and then both come back and be fitness trainers together here. But you know, all that uh, crashed down and I uh, went into a dark, deep, crummy place for a while, but you know, got myself back into the gym, started working out again, got back to the US and I'm building it up all over again. Got this job very shortly after that, started working security and also uh, got a security contract. There's Chris, I knew you were here, buddy. Um, I saw you calling, but this is what I was doing. I'm glad you found me. Let me uh, invite you up into the room here. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so lots of things have happened, including, 
you know, the, the security job, right when I got the contract, the place blew up the kitchen. I mean, they blew the fucking kitchen up. What do you, I mean, how, how does that happen, right? So blew the kitchen up, and actually Chris Thank was there with me. me that night. Hey, what's up, bro? So Chris was there that night when we were working in the kitchen caught on fire. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, man. Thank and you, it, it was, it was kind of odd because, like, as the DJ announced it, he... Instead of keeping the door open for people to rush out, he kept the door open for him to get his equipment out. And that just made me confused. But it wasn't too much of a panic, so I didn't kick into, like, you know, combat mode and go all, like, running in there. And people were calm, so I was like, cool, I don't need to, you know, like, take control of the situation. So it was, it was, it was really – it was the calmest fire I have ever been a part of. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, you know, Derek was in the room just now, and he just left when you came in. <laughs> so goodbye, Derek, and goodbye, Vlad. Uh, I don't know if you if you had some beef with them, but the ladies are still here. Thank you for sticking around, Brandy and Jenny. And um, I have beef yeah, Jenny, with nobody. I'm yeah. just uh, you know uh, the same organic decaying matter as everybody else. I am not special. <laughs> No, you know, it's funny. Now I'm just saying that just because, you know, you guys got into a little bit of a ribbing in uh, one of the last times you were on when I was out there. So it's all good. Um, but yeah, man. So uh, appreciate you jumping in again. Social proof formula. And but yeah, we have a lot of really cool things going on. I'm going to pop off here a second. By the way, Chris, are you uh, coming out here? Just let, just a heads up. I want to know what my what I'm going to do over here. Um, I, uh, I I went and met with Frank at the VFW and talked to him. He got some things taken care of with the whole like, honor guard, color guard thing. Um, I got some gas. I'm about to eat some food real quick, and then I was going to head out to you until whenever. And All right. Well, um, I have a curfew of around 8.30, 8.45, unless I'm going to your place. So um, let me know. I mean, that's fine um, by me. I mean, I, I, right. I got a full tank of gas now and some... So, All right. Some money in the bank. Some cookies in the right. cookie jar. <laughs> yeah, Chris has been, you know, him and I have been dealing with some stuff. Like, you know, he's got the Veterans Club Racing Association, his initiative, and he's dealing with stuff he's trying to get together. And um, with my equilibrium and uh, uh, my World Reading Club. And we're doing all this on a shoestring. I've been paying out of pocket for my websites for 16 years, I realized. Isn't that the definition of a nonprofit? Um, like, I've been paying for my websites to be online just to give people information. You know, it's so crazy. And uh, things are so I... crazy that, you know, um, with the, you know with the, with the position that I'm in, due to. Uh, I went to a business that said they were pro veteran, try to get a job with this business and consulted for him already spend some of my own personal money that I don't have because I am a disabled combat vet and I'm a budgeted income. And Hakeem has been helping me out. Uh, he's not in the best situation himself, but he's been helping me. And I went to the Veterans of Foreign Wars and some other people to get some help. And, um, you know, they weren't very receptive at first. And that makes me kind of, my heart hurt because I am, uh, uh, you know, a veteran of foreign wars. And, um, but, you know, things worked out and God is good. And Hakeem uh, really um, has just been an amazing human being in general towards me since I've met him, uh, let alone, you know, uh, putting himself in possibly a worse situation uh, by helping me. You know, he, he, he did that with, that with with no thought. But then I go to the people who were supposed to be there 
for people like me in my community, you know, uh, and I wasn't able to get much help. So it's just, it's, there's just a testament to that. Um, yeah, just thanks, man. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I appreciate you too. And it hasn't been easy. And, you know, Chris and I have bumped heads on some things like that too, but I've realized that I've had to just say, you know what, we, we have a mission here. And if, if I just, t- if I just remain patient, and remain and, th- and just understand the things that he's going with himself and the passion that he has. It has actually, it's improved my life. It's helped me to become better because I've done things in a short period of time that I would ne- have never, or maybe never have done before. I mean, look, uh, when Floor was around, she had to do a lot of things. And because... Uh, As a because real queen changed, should. Yeah, you're right. And because that's changed, I went in a dark place for a long time and it was so hard but you know you find inspiration everywhere and you 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 never uh people say things like um you gotta move on and i know it's just semantics but i say that we just have to move forward um with things like that and jenny i'm gonna take you uh here right in a second uh but you never uh move on you just kind of move forward uh, there's a line from a movie with the rock and i don't remember what the movie was but he said to his daughter in the movie he says there's a lot of things that happen in life that you don't want but you have to deal with them and move on hey jenny welcome to uh communications with two k's thanks it's nice to talk to you guys i'm really resonating with this message i have i've experienced a lot of loss myself and my um my therapy of choice has been music. And so um, I know how um, challenging it can be to, to move forward with your life when you just feel stuck or you're so overwhelmed with, with um, the symptoms of mourning that you can't hardly breathe. And so, you know, the music has helped me pull out of so many dark places that um, you know, I just think it's it's a better better tool than drugs or any sort of antidepressant or you know anything I've tried. Music music has just helped so much. You know, uh, Jenny, I couldn't agree with you more about that, and that's what's also pushed me to continue to create binaural beats. You know, based on the Hemisync technology and my own brand, I call Demi Cerebral Neurophasing or Demiphase. Have you ever heard of Hemisync or Binaural Beats, Jenny? No. The do you call that death metal? I noticed in your bio. No, 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 <laughs> no. Um, that's a completely different thing. That sounds like monsters, like yeah, Cookie Monster. Not my, uh, singing. not my world. <laughs> no, but the other sounds uh, that I make are binaural beats. Was <laughs> that Chris? <laughs> Uh, um, I was just gonna say, yeah, movies. you know, I, I, I can, I, I love me some, I love all sorts of music. It is the ultimate healing tool for me as well. Um, when I battled with my alcoholism, when I've been battling with my PTS from Afghanistan, music has been the only true thing that brings me any kind of, uh, I don't know, just f- freedom, you know? I mean, I may be having the worst time or maybe it's a hard workout or whatever it is to help me get through what I'm going through, but the music is like the real catalyst. And uh, yeah, and I've had opportunities show up in my life to sing the masterworks, Messiah, Brahms Requiem, 
Mozart's Requiem, Foray's Requiem. There's, I live in Colorado and there's just been all these opportunities to sing with really good groups and great orchestras. And I'm a choral singer. Oh, wow. And uh, doing those masterworks that are all about Jesus Christ and his atonement. And, you know, it's just huge to have that as a resource. Oh, big boy. Agreed. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, Hakeem. <laughs> no, d- definitely agreed. Um, and are you, sorry, are you in, uh, in, in Manitou Springs by any chance there in Colorado? No, I'm in Boulder. Ah, another very, very great city. Okay. Uh, yeah, my, I, was, I was stationed out there with the Army. That's why I ask. But I'm really interested to hear more about these masterworks. I myself am, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a Christian and I uh, kind of, you know, uh, I, I would say I'm more of an open-minded Christian. I think compared to like these days, a lot of people have kind of gone back to like fundamentalism and lost sight of what like the church and the scripture really means. Um but without getting into it, yeah, I just, you know, I, I just, uh, it's great to hear somebody is like engaging in things that you're engaging in still. And uh, it's, it's, it gives me hope to hear, uh, you know, a woman engaging in, in activities that uh, are talented, talent based, you skill based. You know, a lot of young women, I'm only 32 in our, you know, in our age group and in our era, don't uh, take the time to learn skills and talents and things outside of, uh, I guess just mothering or whatever it may be. And that's just fantastic to hear. Well, thanks. Well, I'm 54. So I'm a generation older than you, but um, you know, when you look at the history of music, it was, it was pretty, you know, quiet until that 17th century. And then there was just <laughs> this dumping of, you know, it definitely was tied to the romantic era and, you know, the enlightenment, well, but Here's all Maybe this music. Africa. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the Africans have their um their sounds and they are very healing. Is that what all you're referring to earlier? <laughs> no, I was just talking about that. I said if because you said you know all of a sudden music was really quiet and then all of a sudden it came out you know with the with the Renaissance and the Romance period. But I was I was just quipping a little bit that. Well, that well maybe at that time in Europe, but it was going on way before in, in Africa. I'm talking about like proliferation of music. Um, yeah. And but I, but I'm I'm not being Afrocentric or anything like that. I was just no. It's just my my point is I think I think Heavenly Father knew that we were going to go through this really troubled time, you know, towards the end of days, and He gave us this music at this high high frequency. I think to kind of carry the day. And I've just noticed, especially the last two years of COVID, that my friends who are really into theater and music, they're doing okay. You know, they really have not, even with tremendous loss of loved ones, like you've expressed, yeah. Akeem, the loss of your wife, so many people have lost somebody. And yeah. my friends who are doing the music and the musical theater, they're thriving. And I think we're all kind of holding on to this music, you know, as our anchor. Yes, um, I couldn't agree more. You're, you're right. And it's one of the reasons why, again, I use sound. And um, it's one of the most healing things ever to be able to, um, to, be able to use sound as a healing uh, well, solve. Educate me. What were you talking about when, that I said, you know, what is that? 
Um, no, I was just going to say, I was like, oh, I was like, Chris, another another Jesus freak. And I was just kind of joking because let me uh, fully. Akeem, uh, she's, not, she's not asking. She wasn't asking about that. She was asking about the binaural beats. Yeah, the beats. <laughs> oh, well, I actually, but, well, I actually wanted to address that really quickly, though, about Chris and how he tends to be more open-minded than a lot of people who tend to be fundamentalist um, is because um, Chris knows, you know, how I feel about religion. And I'm not really, I, I mean, I carry a Bible, I read it and, I, and, um, and different things like that. But he heard me and my anger and the things that I was saying about religion and stuff like that. And he's still like, okay, whatever, bro. I still love you. And here's the word of God. And he did that. And then so did a friend named Ryan Elliott. And then so did another guy who I work with at the gym named Chase Holt. Uh, and so all three of them were hearing me blaspheming and hating God. And they said, all right, we hear you, but we still love you. And here's still the word. So there are in my life and what I've experienced recently, um, people who are Christians and some of them who can be uh, very fundamental, but still uh, have open hearts. And so I just want to say, I appreciate that part. Well, um, and let me say that yeah. in mentioning the masterworks, the text for the Messiah and for these requiems comes straight from the Bible. It's Isaiah. And, you know, there's one thing to read the word, but to sing it, you know, mm. to sing it, yeah. it just takes it to that next level. So, that's teach right. me about teach me about the beats because I didn't know what you're talking about. All right, so I can agree with you again on the singing because I sang in uh, the honor choir. I was at Northeast High School and I sang at the University of Miami Honor Choir and we sang a lot of gospel and it was really powerful when I was in youth group and I've been in courses, so I definitely know that and about music in general. Now the binaural beats, simply how it works is, um, Jenny, you've heard of. Um, of your, that the fact that your brain your brain gives off different frequencies? Absolutely. Okay, so we have beta when you're wide awake, alpha when you're meditating or under hypnosis or daydreaming, theta, which is the uh, our REM sleep and the light dream stage, and delta, which is deep sleep. Um, we also have gamma, which is in the flow state of optimum performance thinking. Uh, and so we, we have those. The binaural beats, how they work is... You will hear a frequency or a musical note in one ear. Let's say, have you heard of the, uh, for example, solfeggio tones? Of course. Okay, so you take one of these tones. Let's just say you, you want to uh, train the brain to uh, get down to a certain frequency, but you also want to use one of these uh, solfeggio tones because they supposedly have healing properties. Let's use one of the most popular ones, which is 528. 528 hertz. Um, wait, now, wait, wait. Just a minute. Just a minute. I got to tell you something. Yeah. Dr. Leonard Horowitz. Have you heard his name? Oh, yep. Long time ago, I, I uh, got involved with Dr. Len Horowitz um, and a lot of other people of his ilk, like Dr. Joseph McCola, um, the the health arranger, Mike Adams, uh, Charlie Dr. Brown. Of, uh, yeah. Dr. Len wrote the book of 528 frequency. Yeah, did I've you seen know it. that? Yep, I, yeah, I knew so, it. I never, I've never read it though, no, but I do I, know. Yeah. I have been good friends with him since he wrote that book, and I had him on my radio show to talk about five twenty eight hertz frequency. Okay. So you know, I, well, I you are speaking my language. Well, that's it in a nutshell. Um, that's a that's called an isochronic tone, which you can just say is a musical note. 
Um, and so any isochronic tones, if you ever hear that term, isochronic tones, it simply means a musical note that supposedly has some type of healing or other property to it. And of course, 528 is one of those, which is a very magical frequency because it has the special position in nature of not only having a 528 cycles per second to make the sound frequency of 528, but that exact same frequency is the exact same color frequency at photons vibrating 528 uh, cycles per second, which equal the exact green color of chlorophyll. So it has a direct connection in nature. I'm sure that, Jenny, you've learned that from Dr. Len Horowitz, right? I did. And so now, now what if, for example, if I were to take that 528 hertz and play it in my left ear, and then I were to play 528.528 in my other ear, in my right ear, there would be a difference of 0.528 frequency, which you hear a hallucination. It's not actually an auditory, uh, an audible. It's not physically auditory. You would hear a, a wavering back and forth, which is your brain hallucinating and cycling down to the difference between the two frequencies between 528 and 528.528. You could easily go to 529 or 520 or 530 and, and have your brain trained to one cycle per second or two or all the way up to as high as you can imagine doing. And you can place these sounds through the left and the right in front of you and all over to give three-dimensional soundscapes. And by doing that, you train the brain to cycle down to a certain cycles per second rather than uh, the ones that are normally dominant. So it's a way of getting them down to a certain frequency. And through that, you can help your body to get the benefits of deep sleep if you're not getting enough deep sleep, the benefits of REM sleep, like in dreams, the benefit of meditation and hypnosis and relaxation and the alpha. And you can also stimulate gamma if you want to get into that flow state. So that's how the, the different isochronic tones or different notes can be used next to each other in the left and the right ear to create an auditory hallucination of frequencies that your brain wouldn't normally hear. <clears throat> um, they work best at frequencies below 20 cycles per second because your brain can't physically hear those. Anything above that, your brain can technically hear, and so you could make uh, isochronic tones in each ear that are vibrating at a certain frequency to get the same frequency following effect that happens. So, Jenny, did that make sense to you, um, what I said? The, the, can you get that? Um, I see that you put uh, Len's book here. Yes. Yeah. Blog Mama, Blog Mom Magazine Archive.wordpress.com. Is that your, your uh, show there? Yeah, I started the magazine and then I edited it for a couple of years. But as you were saying okay. before, how you were funding your own website. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I still am. Does, it only goes for so long on WordPress before you're like, I really need to make some money. So I moved all my stuff over to Substack so I could try and make some money. I love that you're talking about 528 because I felt so passionate about it since I learned about it. And one of the things I did is I took recording of two masterworks, Brahms Requiem and um, oh, uh, Alleluia from uh, John Rutter's Gloria. And I put them in 528 frequency. Len started a website where you can transpose any album into 528 hertz. And so I transposed both of those works and then I, I listen to them all the time. And they, like I said, they've been my personal medicine as I've experienced just a, a world of loss. And so it's just tremendous 
to hear you teaching me back something I already know, but to be reminded of it and have that solidified. Thank you. It's so powerful. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And I appreciate you sharing um, and, and sharing with me. And also, I want to say something. You said you went over to Substack and you're in an attempt to you know, monetize what you're doing. Um, I have a way uh, that is pretty much guaranteed to work to help you and anybody else who decides to take this message to actually uh, earn more money and it's free to do uh, well unless you consider spending time to be one of your expenses um, and it's something that I developed called social proof formula and I've been developing it for years and I'm just gonna keep telling people about it until they use it um, and is it's it simply your own, this your own site or is it what is it um, no it's a, it's a process it's a it's it's a, a thing that you do and I'll tell you right now exactly what it is it, and it so um, a couple of years ago, back in 2013 or so, um, and it's one of the only, one of two, and actually three, I made a mistake when I said earlier it was only two, the other one was called, uh, it was a wine company, and it was a network marketing company, and I do not promote network marketing companies, and yes, they are pyramid schemey. a lot of people like them, and some of them work, and Amway is one of them that's been around for a while, but that's not what I'm doing. I want to tell you something that actually worked, and it's social proof formula, and it's simple as this. Within the first two weeks that I got started with Empower Network, I was able to recruit a team, a solid team of five people, simply through uh, going to their um, to their social media and their websites and making thoughtful, real, actual comments on what the work that they were doing because I read through or listened or watched their video or whatever. And what that would lead to is them coming back and making comments or thanking and things like that. And what would happen is that people would see that, hey, there are people listening or people uh, coming around and paying attention to this stuff. Maybe I should look at it, too. And because other people were doing it was social proof that, oh, this is something important that I should be looking at. Sort of the whole herd mentality. But the way that it works practically between people is... For example, what I had them doing was a very specific thing. Uh, what were we going to say, Jenny? Oh, it's just following you on calling. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. Um, so, and so the very specific thing uh, that um, uh, we're going to do is this. Um, is I will, for example, go to, like, let's say you're calling or... Um, if you, your Facebook or anything else that you share, your, your, uh, your interviews, like, like you just shared the message, um, all of my Leonard interviews, right? And I would go there and I would listen and I'd say, wow, this is really amazing stuff. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to put this on my podcast or share it on my Facebook. And then you might see that and say, oh, wow, that's cool. I like it. Thanks for sharing, Hakeem. And then on and on. And people will see that and then they join and it starts to develop momentum. And eventually when you learn how to steer people towards the things that you've monetized in a way where you're writing ad copy or just setting up a funnel system that directs them towards that, um, which is a lot simpler than I'm making it, but it's also complicated at the same time. And it's simple in the fact that it's just something you have to spend time doing. It's complicated because you have to do a little bit of research, which a lot of people don't either have the time or understand how to do. But you don't have to understand if you just are consistent with finding people. It doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be Brandy. It doesn't have to be anybody else that you know or that even asks you or whatever. It's something that you're interested in. 
you start going and you start interacting with those people on a regular basis, whether they come and they interact with you or not, it's social proof. It shows that you know what you're talking about, that you're either an expert or something like that, and you're constantly showing up to put in your two cents. However, it does work better when a team of people does it. Like, for example, earlier, I posted on another podcast that I was doing with the same name on this new, well, that's new to me, app called Wisdom. And I posted it on Facebook and Chris saw it. He tried to call me, but I was on the, the podcast. So he came, he jumped on and created an account and then jumped in on the call then. Um, and I was just talking about him when, when he did it. And it was another social proof formula. And then I had two more people from that app who followed me on Instagram and Facebook and sent me messages and whatnot. Um, and even another example uh, that happened recently and was uh, uh, this woman named Katya Davidova who wrote a book called Joy in Plain Sight and published it a couple months ago. I got a copy and then I saw on uh, LinkedIn that she, uh, that one of my clients, one of my fitness clients had liked a post that she did about her book being on the shelves physically in a Barnes and Noble in the Grove in Los Angeles, California. I said California. Ha <laughs> ha! In the California um, that... Uh, I'd been to several times, like so much times. Floor and I used to go there and sit for hours. The place has three stories. We used to buy so many books and drink a lot of coffee there. Um, and so I made a comment about it, and I, and I posted it on my my LinkedIn page, like, "Hey, check this out. This is a great book." Blah blah. I forgot what I said exactly, but then she came, the author Katya Davidova, and said, "Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This is amazing. Thanks for sharing." Blah blah blah. And uh, and then I had just been launching something called World Reading Club, and I decided because World Reading Club is about the joy of learning through the love of reading. Um, I thought, hey, since it's all about joy, and her book is called, uh, it's called Joy in Plain Sight, and it has been very helpful to me in dealing with grief and just having a good laugh and some inspiration throughout every day, I decided to launch my first World Reading Club off of that. Anyway, I shared that with her. Uh, she followed me on Instagram. Uh, I made a comment on it. She basically followed the directions on the blog post that I put about World Reading Club that said how to uh, how to how to join the World Reading Club and how to contribute or participate. And um, and so she followed the directions. And then I sent her another message and invited her to come to a podcast. I didn't hear from her for two days, but while I was talking earlier at three o'clock, ten minutes, nine minutes after three, she sent me a message and sent me her schedule and said, "Hey, let's set, set something up and let's do it." because uh, I'm, I'm ready to help promote this. And so that's just another example of social proof formula. Here's a woman who I've never met before, but I just read her book, who just so happened to see something uh, on LinkedIn that one of my clients had liked. And I'm not sure if my client is uh, working with her because my client is also in marketing. Um, and maybe that might be one. And they're both uh, in Virginia Beach, or at least Katya used to live, the author of the book, used to live in Virginia Beach and graduated from a university here. But just because of that and doing things and just for free, just being passionate about her, um, her book, she uh, now I'm involved in helping her promote her book. And it also has gained a lot of attention towards what I'm doing. And so that's, that's just awesome. some of the things. That I'm sh and I'm sure that you know about stuff like that too, Jenny, but it's just being consistent and I've only well, had the space to do it now. Yeah. It's honestly why I clicked into your show. I'm starting a show on Colin on September 1st. And I thought I'd spend a few weeks just getting to know some of the other hosts. So I just, a couple times a day, I'll just come in, see who's talking, click in, listen to what they're saying, see if we can build a bridge, you know, find common ground. 
I don't really care what people's politics or views are on, on anything. Yeah. I just love people and I love to talk. And, you know, the fact that you are teaching me about 528, I'm going to tell Len. He'll get a kick <laughs> out of that. Yeah, I've, uh, awesome. I've uh, been a fan of Len Horowitz for a long time. I've never met him. I don't think I've ever had any contact with him. I do know that I've posted probably uh, a bunch of stuff from his on one of my websites, exercisingyourmind.com back in the day, because when I was following him, that's all I used to do is I used to go around on the internet and I would find uh, different things that I wanted to, um, that I wanted to pass on and study. You know, I was basically creating my own, my own university online. And, um, I believe it's either that or on my, uh, um, my hypnothetics university site that I published a bunch of stuff from him. But, uh, yeah, well, I, I he was just, th he was thrilled to find out there's a group of people on discord reading 528 together and discussing it. He just was tickled pink. And so yeah. whenever he finds out that there's young people, especially in the music industry, who have em embraced 528 and have tuned, you know, their instruments to it and are creating music in it. He just gets so excited. So I will tell him he, he will love that. It's a very exciting thing. All right, Jenny. Um, Chris, I saw you were calling in a couple of times. I had to pull you back up to moderator again. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, I just, I accidentally backed out and I wanted to mention on the World Reading Club that, you know, our goal for the next 12 months is to hit um, 500,000 books in our library. So we're hoping to have 500,000 books uh, available and hopefully uploaded um, if we're allowed to by the publisher, you know, because I know there are stipulations with certain things there. And, but at least to be able to um, have people... Um, you know, uh, borrow the books, keep the books, uh, just giving out free literature um, from all sorts of different things. I mean, have you, have you ever walked into a Barnes and Noble and gone into the clearance section or the, you know, buy five for 20 clearance section and get all these great, you know, coffee table books and, you know, uh, photo books. And the other day I went in there, it was like the, uh, the New York Times something or another, or one of those large uh, posts um, for, for news outlets. And it was all their like funny comic strips from the 1920s forward, you know, and it was like three gigantic volumes with like hundreds of pages per, per book, um, stuff like that. Just getting it from Barnes and Nobles and from other, other, uh, you know, booksellers and being able to spread the knowledge, you know, send, send books to Afghanistan, send, send books to, you know, Nepal and all these other places and including in our own country. That's the most important thing, right? To, you know, promote literacy. Um, but yeah. that's, that's our goal. So I just wanted to put that out there in the universe. Yeah, man. And you know, that's amazing. Like Chris one night, Oh, Chris, I wanted to ask you about, um, I'm not trying to put him on blast, but our buddy, he was supposed to, uh, register his LLC. Do you know any news on that? Did he do it? I'm not going to call him out by name, but did he do that? Or do you um, know he, that? He, he went up to uh, Tennessee to put on that event. He's going to be back in a few days. And I said, okay. that's cool, man. Just, you know, make sure that you get what he was talking about as receipts. And I don't mean money receipts as in like taking pictures and making sure you're promoting yourself and, yeah. you know, not shoot yourself in the foot. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it seems, it seems well. He said he'll be back in a few days and, um, okay. But yeah, he seems on board, and he said is, is that his father and his mother gave him very positive feedback when he shared with them not only what he was doing with his LLC, you know, doing the event thing, but also yeah. 
the not-for-profit work that we're doing and how he uh, is going to be, you know, a really big key part of that. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the room, Pax. Um, once again, I am here, Pax Pedro. I'm here longer than I thought I would be, but I love it. See, this is a great thing about Colin and other, um, other applications like this is that I come in here because I'm one of those guys, like, I don't know if you guys heard of, uh, um, oh my gosh, his name is slipping my mind right now, the comedian with red hair. Oh my gosh, I can't believe Bill Burr. Carrot Top? And, oh, Carrot Top. No, Bill Burr. Bill Burr, dude. <laughs> and he just talked, you know, he goes on his show, his Monday morning podcast and all that. And he's just saying, I'm just talking to the universe. And that's always what I've done because that's how podcasting really started. And it was a lot more difficult um, in the early days of podcasting. I mean, actually, I shouldn't even say that because I started getting being a guest on podcast back in 2007. The first show I was on was called Karma Cafe, hosted by Shandy Davey. And I would speak for like three hours, well, two hours, I think that was the limit. And it was just simply like this. It was called Blog Talk Radio. And Blog Talk Radio, interesting enough, is now owned by Spreaker, which was which was one of the main podcasting software that I use. And they also own iHeartRadio. They've absorbed both of those. So, um, But it was easy like this. Uh, you just called in on the phone. It was pretty fascinating, and I really loved it. Um, but things like this, just uh, what I really like is that, you know, I can start wanting to talk to myself and just make a recording to re create some content to get stuff out there for people. And then people just start showing up and, you know, I could ignore everybody and just make a private room. But I like the fact that it takes me off of um, exactly what I was going to speak about and, you know, just the community. Again, um, I'm going to go back to go ahead, Chris. I'd say you're right. It's real social podcasting. Um, yeah. You brought me, you were trying to get me to podcast, and I'm very particular with the way that I put out information because like you, we like to be informational and educational and not uh, have the focus on us. Um, right. And when this came around, I was like, wow, this is social podcasting. This is cool. This is remnant to like, I'm only 32, so the stuff I grew up with on PC, but now it's like, you know, it's been 20 years and it's on the phone and the timing is right, but I got on and did my first show and it ran for it, it ended up running for like four hours and 30 or 40 people showed up and it was the very first time I'd ever been on the app. Um, there's just this, I don't know, the timing is right with this thing. So that like, Jenny, you're not wrong for, for trying to plug into this. Like this is going to grow and definitely be an outlet. We've already seen and have interacted with some other hosts and speakers that are, um, you know, pretty well in the community, you know, are very uh, well educated and, and, and have merit to what they're doing and saying. And I think it's people like those, like those people who are really going to shine on this platform, not just people blasting their opinion. Um, so yeah, I just, I just, you're right. Akeem, this is a great, it's a, it's like a great time in, uh, telecommunications, you know, with evolved from the radio yeah. show to TV to, you know, kind of going back to where it's supposed to be. It's like the radio show of having the interaction where Jenny can just call in and talk to us and not like, oh, we got a schedule uh, next Thursday at 9 p.m. We're going to have a <laughs> radio podcast and Jenny's going to be there. Tune in. Uh, yeah. You know, that could be like the next show. And then it's like, so it's just, it, it allows you to have so much more organic interaction and networking. And I mean, look how good and gracious God is like, you know, putting people like Jenny in our path. Like she just kind of plugged in and just 
seeing what's up and she is like and then you guys are resonating on talking about these binaural beats and the frequencies and like i just allow so much more organic interaction it's just it's it's wonderful yeah it's um one of those things that uh i'm really thankful for and like i said so um one of the things that i want to encourage and uh we'll get wrapped up and hopefully we'll meet up chris is uh the, one of the main things about this, the metaverse, is people, the main idea, the main takeaway, if nothing else, is this, to use these types of social podcasting platforms and, uh, and um, podcasting in general, any type of communication channels you have to organize events, which means getting people together in communities that are doing things that are offline based that things that you can take the metaverse into the real universe that is the main goal is to bring the metaverse into the real universe and the hip, that's the hip the kids call it irl together. in real life that's what the hip kids yes say. yes exactly irl so so you know get get it from the metaverse irl and that's um people gathering yeah you can put on your metaverse skins and your avatars and all of that stuff um, that you want to, uh, while you're, um, you know, in the metaverse, but then use that to, to build up your, yourself to getting out, um, of the metaverse, you know, even if it's just for short periods of time where people can gather and get together outside of the metaverse because they met together on the metaverse, they can get out of it. Like I call it, it's like a, you can treat it like an escape room. You're going to go in there and free, free people from the matrix because people are in there trapped or going to be in there trapped. Uh, just focusing on that. It's going to be like that movie Wally, where people are going to be so linked into their technology that they're just going to become, you know, really unhealthy and big logs of blobs of death. Pedro, Pax Pedro says, education and collaboration. That's right. Jenny, I'm so happy we crossed paths today. Jenny, I'm so happy we crossed paths today too and i'm going to look into the links that you sent me i really appreciate that so so much it's so great to to um to to connect with you guys here on colin and um pedro i just followed you on there so you could uh reciprocate um we'll keep this community going i have so many channels channels on here because i'm a scatterbrain and i collaborate a lot with people so um please keep me uh, posted on when you are doing shows yourself, Jenny. I'm always um, willing to come and listen and show support. I will do that even if I can't do it live. I will come later on. I will share it. I'll integrate it with stuff that I'm doing when there are overlapping ideas and we can just all move forward. And like the crazy co-founder of Empower Network used to say, let's lock arms and fight the forces of evil. So with that, uh, Chris, I hope I'll see you uh, a little bit later. Jenny, thanks for joining. Pax, ah. thanks for coming through. <clears throat> Chris? Yep, you'll see me in 10 seconds. I'm eating this pizza pizza and I'm getting uh, to get in the car. <laughs> and I'm really glad that Jenny came too. Like, you know, because I've been away from, from, from uh, uh, Colin uh, 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 for like two weeks. So, just more proof in the, in the social proof formula, my man. More, more. Yeah. Well, there's you're a not reason wrong. for that. There's and things like. Done and, uh, yeah. Yeah. You've been teaching me and mentoring me well, sir. Thank you. <laughs> My man. Well, you've been...
too, brother. So with that in live, I'll